you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr., and I'm Gerard Little John. And this is Cut to It. Cut to it. Cut to it. Let's get down to it. Cut to it. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. It's on. Back to traveling. So when I get to, you know, it's kind of hard. Uh, I got a whole little, you know, with the mask mandate and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, you know, I got certain masks I can wear when I'm traveling and certain ones I can. And so I have my, I couldn't have my glasses on. So I, had, I, I wear headphones a lot of times when I'm traveling. So I check in. I'm like, man, I don't know how long the lines are. Man, I'm going to just go hit, go hit, hit the head real quick. <laughs> right, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Meredith is nodding her head that he just said hit the head, yeah. right? <laughs> so I'm going to go potty. <laughs> go use a loo. So I go to the bathroom. I'm walking to the bathroom. And I got my roller bag because I do a lot of carry on. Yeah. Got my 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 uh, Bluetooth in. And there's the Bluetooth. A, more my. You like when them old players that got the blue, that got no, the Bluetooth. Have, Is no, that what you said? You know what you said? No, Bluetooth. I don't have the you headset the, from the guy you at, the, at, at uh. Who's in the place? <laughs> <laughs> you got, hold, on, hold, hold on, hold on. Shout out, shout out to Spice Adam. Spice, hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. Now. Was that? Was that not Chuck? <laughs> yeah, that's that's how you was walking around there. And I was on the phone with you. That's what you did. He said, "Hey, hey, hold a minute, hold on a minute, G. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got another line." Hey, Chuck. Yeah, forget G. Now we messing. So as soon as I'm going, I got my roller bag, bag and there's a guy who, football, football analogy, scampers <laughs> to the restroom and kind of cuts me off. Okay. Goes in the he bathroom. Had, he had to go bad. He had to go bad. He had to potty dance, right? He had to <laughs> side shelf a side shelf a scamper. Ah, yeah. 40. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Gets to the bathroom. He uses the bathroom. I'm using the bathroom. I turn. I go to wash my hands. 
he proceeds to take several steps to the right. Not straight. The right is to the door. So, so what did he not do? You, you was on the phone yeah. with I said, <laughs> tell him what I said, G. He's like, G, hey, this, you know what? Didn't wash his hands. I said it loud enough in here. I said, oh. You, so you're you not going to wash your hands? I said, you ain't going to wash your hands, so you're going to damn near run me over. No, a little dramatic. Being like scared. A little dramatic. <laughs> Right. But you ain't gonna wash your hands? Oh, you just go I said, oh, so you just gonna go go out there with them pissy tips. <laughs> that's disgusting, man. Like that's just that's that's like top top three, and it ain't two or three. <laughs> Most disgusting things Nasty. you can do. And so he, And that's before COVID. I don't care. Like we, we that's before COVID. Yeah. Like it's just Nasty, how do you use the bathroom, you're touch in a your stuff, place. and not wash your hands like you are a disgusting individual and if so you he, do such things? He rolls his eyes. Oh, he responded. Yeah, you never told me if he responded. Oh, he rolled his eyes and said, you roll your eyes all you want. You need to put some soap on your tips. That's what you need to <laughs> <Whoa>. do. <laughs> so he washed his hands begrudgingly. Begrudgingly. You should never begrudgingly wash your yeah. hands if you've grown. After urinating. Right. That should, that should not be something you begrudgingly do. And so I proceeded to I said, you said, man, this, this dude go to here and he almost run me over and he ain't going to wash his hands. So you need to be ashamed of yourself. So and he man. washed his hands and, and uh, when he came I, and he went out and and uh, so it was just one of those things, man. That's one of the things I dislike is we're, beyond the pandemic. I'm telling you. It's just one of those things. I'm in the airport so much. You see a lot of nasty things that people do. And I think it's, you know, oh. with you at the pandemic, hygiene. What you always say, Joe, about hygiene? J- Joe says this about hygiene. I think it's masterful. Well, first of all, hygiene's free. <laughs> that, it is. That, that that is masterful and we all know like you don't need a pandemic or something being it's this basic damp, stuff just basic like wash your hands what's better is your mama we, didn't teach you this what, what's better is you know we've been there like when someone didn't and they turn around and realize it's steve they'll try to dap him up like now, at the restroom i don't care who it is that told you what you, no one should have to tell you uh-uh, i should have one. to tell you something's going on in this <laughs> and world you're to gonna clean proceed, your fingers who what else do you do you're gonna touch your face you're gonna shake someone else's hand yeah Hey, man, this cut to a PSA. Wash your damn hands. That's it. That's all we're asking you to do. That's it. Well, who we got? Coming up on the Cut To It podcast, we've got Russell Shepard, a seven-year NFL veteran for the Eagles, Bucks, Panthers, and Giants, and a standout for LSU. Russell is now a thriving entrepreneur with one of the fastest-growing waste management companies in the U.S., Shep Boys Waste Management. Russell Shepard on the Cut To It podcast. First segment is called Get Iced Up. They're random icebreakers. Smitty selects them at random. Smitty, why don't you go ahead and give them the first one? All right, you grinning already. You know, you know it's gonna be. You got a grin on it. <laughs> All, right. All right. If you wouldn't get hurt, would you rather skydive or view sharks from a underwater cage? Which one would you do? If you knew you weren't gonna get hurt, I probably gotta see that shark. Mm-hmm. I gotta see that beast. Yeah, that, that's a that's a god creature. You know. That's an amazing thing right there. Much respect for that predator. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, racist. You know how to swim? That's racist. How's that racist? Hood, hood, hood swim. I mean, I, 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 
I spent four years in Tampa. I look, I jumped in the water. I was with Lewis Murphy. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure you know Lewis Murphy. Vincent yeah. Jackson, rest in peace to the big homie. Mm-hmm. And um, a few other cats. We went, uh, we went fishing one day. And uh, boys, we jumped in the water. And they like, you know, you know, I got to feel how powerful that ocean was. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Being in that day. Then literally, probably not even, probably 45 seconds, a minute after we got out of the water, a shark hit the boat. Oh no! Yeah, like that mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. that was. I never, I never get back in the ocean again like yeah. that. I go to the beach, but not in that water. So you, so you just play you know, the sand. I, you make sand castles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit. Whole lot better being shark bait. <laughs> you know, the way my life is structured right now, I don't see no water. You know, but wastewater. That's the only water I'm seeing on a daily basis. All right, what personality traits would you like to change in yourself? You know, I, I tend to be, you know, a micromanager. I'm a, I'm a very hands-on individual. I believe, you know, what you ask people to do, you need to, you know, you, know, you need to show that in your day-to-day, you know, how you operate. Mm. So uh, to me, the trusting, you know, uh, you know, not micromanaging. And, and like I said, I'm learning that, especially, you know, being a, a boss, you know, a CEO, I trust people, you know, to do their job because I can't do it all no more, mm. especially at the rate um, that we're growing. Would you rather be a hobbit or elf for 24 hours? A hobbit or elf? What's the a difference? Elf. What's, the, <laughs> what's the difference other than one works for, for got like a, a temporary job for a few weeks? What's the difference? Man, I'm gonna get, I get to see Santa, hobbit. You, it was open ended question too. Like, bro, I wanted you to, Steve. I wanted you to answer too. What's the difference? And look, if you, if you keep it G, if I keep if I keep it G, I was born with a deformity, so I have skinny ear at the top of my ears. My ear cartilage is skinny, so I was used to get called the elf as a kid growing up. You know what I'm saying? So this this dude done put his elf identification out. It's like the the Wakanda. <laughs> Right, 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 right. I'm not touching that. I'm not. Um, I mean, this is my show, so I don't have to be either one. I would just be. No, I was just asking what the difference is. I really, no, no, I really I said, don't know. You said which one would I rather? I, 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 oh, I just wrote okay. this. I wrote a question. I'm like, man, I'm good. <laughs> but I, I do like it. Um, all right, man. So how you know? Let's just kind of jump into it. Where are you from? In a place you call your hometown. I'm from Houston, Texas, aka H Town, man. I was born and raised. Um, lived all over, lived all over the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is where uh, me and my wife, even when I was playing, um, you know, we came home off season. This is where we lived. We bought a house out here about seven years ago. So this has been the place I've been um, really outside of my NFL career in the four years I was in college. H Town. You know, who, who some of your favorite Houston artists? Then I love Houston music. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm a big fan of the just in, in general the you know Bumby, mm-hmm. you know Pimp C, you know you can throw a few other people, the young people in here, you know Megan Scott, you know Scarface. It's it's a, it's a, mm. it's a bit, even you know what I'm saying I you know he one of the you know the the good guys from the city that puts on for the city, so uh, I love it. Mm. We sleep. We sleep on Scarface. That was a classic I album. The Fix. No, I, the I, Fix. I, classic album. I have not slept on Car- Scarface. I roll with Scarface. Hundred mm. <laughs> percent. If you if you from Houston and you talk about music and you don't mention 
Scarface or Pimp C, you know, you ain't you no, know, you you weren't born in the city. You ain't you're a Houstonian. suburb baby. You're a suburb baby. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or you you just young, you infant, because the, <laughs> the music has changed. Like smile. Oh yeah. Scarface. Yeah. But I'm gonna keep it G with you, big bro. You know, some music probably like where you from, some stuff is timeless. Like even the little kids know the out here, they gotta know the Scarface, they gotta know Pimp C, they gotta know yeah. Big Mo. They gotta know certain things because it's so it's so embedded in the culture. I know. You know people riding around with these swangers and these certain things yeah. on these cars, and you know where they talk, they get it from these these artists. So, but you know, even I, they know that generation also doesn't know the history as well. That's, that so is that's, exactly that's, it. That's the problem. That's what you know. I, I hate to say it this way. That's why it's a lot of these boys walking around here with their pants sagging, so they're looking at their drawers because they think it's cool, but don't even really understand what they really symbolize mm-hmm. them. Right, and I don't want to get into like really acknowledging that, but I think understanding your history, mm-hmm. right, understanding and why, like you want to look cool, but who are you really? Who are you repli- trying to impress? Who, who, who you replicating people mm-hmm. that you don't even really understand what you replicate? Yeah, and so I think you know, just watching the young guys, like it, uh, it was really cool. My seven year old right now, um, all he really knows is Baltimore. Right, he was just born where I was playing in Baltimore. He literally just said it over the weekend. He said, um, he told my wife, he said, Mommy, I'm pretty lucky. Steve Smith is my daddy. Hmm. <laughs> he just a someone had said something yeah. to him and he's just connecting the dots, yeah, right. And 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 so it's even and why is that thing is sometimes I'll be watching film or like my boys just say something or we'll be watching something, we're watching a show and then I flashed up and he's like, daddy, why are you wearing that kind of jersey? And and even a, it was a, watching something that had hair. He goes, daddy, you got hair? <laughs> right? Just kind of understanding, the, you know, the history. And I, I think I think with technology, man, our, our, our young folks miss out on so much history because it requires us to requires them to sit down longer than two minutes Mm -hmm. and be focused on something and and the old stuff you can't you you can't put it in a 20 second uh you know story on ig and tiktok like it requires a little bit of attention and a little bit more than just some you know some some clips yeah i mean like russell was saying like you from Houston, so culture transcends, right? Like even I'm from North Carolina, so the, the culture transcends, but it got to be passed down. A lot of people just don't even bother to sit down with the OGs and, and for lack of a better term, the elders to even just be able to download that information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right about that, bro. You're right. The ones that do, though, they, they tend to have a little more success. Life's tough, so yeah, when you, you're right. you know, when you, don't, when you don't reach back and ask people that they do it, you know, you kind of you stumble a little more. And the ones that do, you know, they tend to have a little better chance at life. You know? So you're right about that. You gotta, they got to receive it. How did your upbringing shape you? You know, it was big for me, you know, especially once I got to the league. Because, you know, my dad is, a, my dad is, he's, he's from the streets. You know, he came from, you know, he was, he was, a, he was a, in, in high school crack hit. And he was an inner city kid. And, you know, um, even throughout his adulthood, you know, it was, he's it, it was like, it, it's affected his community. Wow. You know, it, it's turned, turned the, 
a nice suburban area into a, a raw a raw area, you know, just kind of change them. So my dad, my mom and dad had me early. You know, my mom, you know, she got pregnant, you know, when I was she was you know high school, and my dad was just out of high school. And he 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 transitioned from the streets, you know, what I'm saying as I grew, you know, what I'm saying when I became, you know, um, you know, a young kid and got into my teenage years, my dad, by that time, he had multiple trades. Um, you know, he used to come home with a pocket full of money. And, um, you know, he was dirty, though. You know, he like, he'd been working. You know, I, I seen that. Like, mm -hmm. I, I didn't see him in nothing nice and flamboyant. Like, he came home with some money. He brought it home to the family. So, you know, fast forward, when I got to the league and I, and I, and I got the money, like we all do at that time, you know, with me, I, I, what I seen was how my dad was making money, having these trades. He was a dump truck guy. He was an AC man. Mm. He was, um, what he was doing with his money, bringing it home to the family, investing into real estate. So we was in the hood and my dad, he had, it was a house in, in the hood. And he was like, man, it was behind the hospital. He was like, look, they, they going, there's nothing else around that, that house, but a hospital and McDonald's and buildings. He said, they going to buy that shit out one day. And uh, fast forward, seven years later, man, they bought the house. He bought the house for $30,000. And um, when we got out, uh, seven years later, they, they gave us $150,000 to leave the street. And they turned that house into a parking lot. You know what I'm saying? They bought the whole block out. You know what I'm saying? And we transitioned from the hood to the suburbs. And I was able to get in a better schooling system. I had a better surrounding environment so I got to witness their growth and they did it the right way so when I got to the league you know I knew what to do. Coming up how were you introduced to football? You know well like I said we was in a, a, a tough neighborhood you know what I'm saying so to keep us active my dad put us in sports you know what I'm saying I had a bunch of cousins first cousins my dad had a lot of siblings and we all the same age and they just threw us in sports to keep us active so you know I you know I started playing around like seven, eight, and then I just, you know, I got good. I just kept getting better, and it became an obsession, you know. The parent can lead you to the water, the kid, but it's up to the child to to take, kind of adopt that, adopt that obsessive trait and go over and beyond to get, you know, that good. Everybody isn't Mike Evans' length and span and can start playing, you know, in the 12th grade, 11th grade, so... You know, I got to see my dad work hard. I got into sport early. I took that to football and just kind of took off. Yeah. Now, we know you a Swiss Army knife when it comes to the positions. Where did you at least start your positional start? Yeah, so I, I started at running back, you know, little league. That's what everybody put everybody yeah, at. Every, you know, everybody kind of speed. Sweep left, sweep right. Little league. Running back. Put them at running back. You know, that's the easiest thing. You know, that it's early in the game. You know, it's, when we were playing – it was it was very simple. Now they're they, they throwing that thing, you know what I'm saying? But you know, I I I've learned to to you know going to a school like LSU, starting off at running back, I, I you know, I, I respect the the art of running and how the simple simplicity that comes with running the ball. So, you know, I, I love start off at running back and then once I got to high school, they threw me a quarterback. Denshaw, Oregon, it was on. <laughs> Alex, Alex, Alex Smith, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so you start off at running back, and now you're you're a quarterback, and you become a pretty damn good quarterback, mm -hmm. right? You right. you become highly recruited. 
and you go to LSU, you got Under Armour All-American, mm-hmm. number three athlete on ESPN 150. They switch you to quarterback immediately? Like, how, how did that transition go? Like, walk us through that process for you and take us through everything you were feeling through that transition. Like you said, I was a highly recruited player. You know, I went to school. I could have went to any school pretty much. And um, I chose LSU because the possibility to play quarterback. A lot of schools are out. Nick Saban came to me and told me, you know, he, you know, I didn't know Nick Saban like that because, like I said, my dad wasn't a ball player. So he came to see me. Everybody at the school was really excited. But you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, know what I'm saying? you know, but I'm like, you know, being a Texas kid. I, I had only my level of, 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 of football history. My dad wasn't telling me about these other great players and coaches. So when he came and, he's, and Nick Saban told me, hey, man, he said, I think you can go here and win a Heisman here and do that. He said, you, I think you can come to Alabama, play DB for me and be a first round pick. Looked at him like he was crazy. <laughs> was like, what? like I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm at this point. I'm the number one player in the country. I got games on ESPN. ESPN. You know, usually high school back when we was coming up, high school DBs were usually receivers that couldn't catch. Yeah, they weren't these ball skilled cats that they got now. They're developed. Yeah. So, like I say, I fast forward. Like I say, I, Nick Saban said all that. I looked at him crazy, which was probably the worst decision in my life not to go for DB. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Facts. My length, my ball skills, um, being able to play, be a a DB under him, you're going to be a first round pick. Second, early second, you know? Like, but he's seen it because, like, he he wasn't the only one. Urban Meyer tried to turn me into a DB. Um, He told me that after I got to to college when I met him. Uh, Mac Brown told me he wanted me to play DB. I just didn't see it. I didn't have nobody telling me. But when I got to LSU, bro, and I seen how them boys were throwing that ball, I I, I was like, if I want to play at the next level, if I want to make get have opportunity to take care of my people, you know, and do what I need to do, I gotta I gotta make a change. So I went to Coach Miles probably towards the end of the season. I was like, Coach, I, I think I want to do it. And Percy Harvin was hot. Mm-hmm. You know, they was already schools were already selling me on that Percy Harvin role when I was coming out of high school. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, I just thought it made sense for me to get this switch and get to. I, I was seeing my guys get paid. You know, it's one thing in high school, but when you start seeing how cats coming back to college and they got this and they got that, yeah. it's like, oh shit, I need to make the best business. <laughs> I love cut to it, and I, I love it even more when you download us and subscribe. And. You can follow us on social media too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at Cut To It on Instagram. What about Twitter? At Cut To It. Facebook? Cut To It featuring Steve Smith Sr. What about online? And you can follow us at CutToItPodcast.com where you can buy merch and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers. Um, I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. CutToItPodcast.com. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure.
Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. when they have that athlete designation. Some people, I, I think it's receptive either way. So you're saying you were open. You were open to whatever. I mean, after I was, he, after, after I he open. saw. <laughs> yeah. After he saw yeah, yeah. He, the competition. Mm-hmm. Like, he had to get right, on campus right. and, and realize, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that this athleticism, uh, you boy got some arms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was seeing guy like Denard Robinson. I seen it. Like I always take pride in looking at the bigger picture. I could have been a great college quarterback, had broke the records and did that. I was like, if I want to have a career, you know, me and Denard Robinson came out of college the same year. We played three, four years. I played, I played seven. Could have played more if I wanted to. You know, I decided, I decided not to stop playing. So I, I feel like at the end of the day, I've always made business decisions. <laughs> So it sounds like, based off what you witnessed with your dad, and his transparency and his his great work ethic, and your mom and his entrepreneurship and thinking, his forward thinking, and also the, <clears throat> I think one of the things that we get caught up in is we call ourselves entrepreneurs because we have ideas, but if we don't execute them, then they're just ideas. But mm-hmm. your dad had an idea, followed through with the idea, and then also had a proven successful track record. That showed after seven years that when we, he bought this house for thirty thousand dollars, he just didn't bump his gums and talk about it. It came to fruition with a what, one hundred twenty thousand dollar profit. They're like, hey, one, long term, you got to be patient, and two, that forward thinking and also execution that you were able to see. Like, man, Pop knows exactly what he's talking about because you know back in in. At home, there's always a lot of guys talking, right? They say, oh, man, do this, do that. And then you ask them, did they do it? And the, and the answer is really no, they didn't do it. You know, and so seeing that, so let me ask you, you, you play seven years in the league. You always had the thought of making business decisions because of the way your pop led his household. How early in your career were you already thinking about life out after football? Man, as soon as I got to that motherfucker, excuse my language, you know. Uh, Why, though? As soon as I got to that motherfucker, man, like I said, I, 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 I was undrafted. I, 
Now we talked about how highly recruited I was you know, after college. My college career from the beginning to the end, I played more in my first two years than my last than my last two years. You know what I'm saying? I you know going through a lot from a family situation. You know what I'm saying? It was just a tough time for me. So when I signed, I had a $7,500 signing bonus after taxes. That motherfucker was 4500 So I knew if if I got, if I had an opportunity to make the team, if I knew, you know, if I, if I got to the check, I I was already thinking what I had to do. So, you know, my dad, he, he got into the dump truck. My grandfather was in a dump truck in 30 years. And my dad, he, he played with that throughout my childhood. Like sometimes he'll hustle with that. And that guy slowly do his other things. But, you know, the dump trucking thing was probably the the, the, the thing I knew right off the back I could handle if I made $20,000, $30,000 check. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, when I when I made the first year, thank God, I, I made – I ended up getting cut from Philly after the final cuts, but I got claimed right before the first game by Tampa. So, I, you know, I played for Tampa four years straight and never got cut. So my first year after I made my check, you know, I was talking to my pops – you know, because I was living with them my first two years in the offseason after I got you know, in the league. I was like, man, what I what I need to do? And off the rip, he's like, let's play with these dumb trucks. So, you know, I, from the first my first year, man, I, I invested. You know, I, I was saving money because I was, you know, I wanted to marry my fiance at the time. And I was just thinking, like, what's the first thing? I'm, how am I going to flip this money? You know what I'm saying? How am I going to keep, keep this keep this going, make, make something from this? Because my mm-hmm. first three years, I was week to week. So you saying how you gonna flip this money? You know, you know how it goes, Steve. Right? Yeah, I do. And, and so you saying how you gonna flip this money? Take me through when you are you, where you were raised. How did you not make some of the mistakes these young boys making, where you look at flipping your money and making it legal versus flipping your money and and, and trying to get that fast money and maybe doing some illegal stuff. But the reason I, before you answer the reason I'm asking all this and I'll just set the stage, man, I love, you know, we got the same financial guy, DC and DC always kind of tells me about you and I'm just enamored and, and it's remarkable, bro. Like how in your thinking and what you're doing and balancing. And then also too, the humility that you have in you literally willing to get to deal with the BS, right? You, you right, in waste right. management, you in liquid waste right. manager, you you literally, and excuse my French, you dealing with shit all the Straight time, up. right? You dealing right. with people's bullshit, and then you dealing with literal they shit. bullshit, <laughs> <laughs> right? You you right, dealing right. with every aspect of it, right? Right, but brother. That's you know, such you know, that that's that's such. I appreciate that, man. That is such a. It's the, dyna- the dynamic of it. No. The dichotomy of like mm-hmm. what you're doing, you've been at the in our world right now, you would I would cause they consider if you are if you have that shield next to your resume in any kind of way as an intern in mm-hmm. public relations, people are people are giving their le- left kidney. Mm-hmm. To say, hey, I interned for this team, and yeah. hey, I want to get it. I have, I have a dude that called me yes, that texted me yesterday and said, man, can you write me a letter of recommendation to be a wide receivers coach? I'm not gonna say the person's name. He's probably listening. Go hear this. 
I don't know how to respond because technically I don't even know if he's a good wide receivers coach. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what – I don't see his – I look at his file, a bit empty. Yeah. I, I don't know. So <laughs> I'm asking, and I'm really setting the stages, you played in this league seven more years than someone else, but yet you're doing something to have these people if they got the opportunity, including myself. Nah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. That I, I prefer a different trade. And you're doing that trade with a smile on your face. You're doing with excellence. You're employing other people of color. You're employing people in general, mm-hmm. not just people of mm-hmm. color, just in general. And it just is so abstract and bro, it just doesn't make sense. But then knowing you and, and seeing your film and watching your grind, man, you Legally, you always going to do what's going to put food on the table. And you are never Hurts. above anything. Hurts. Hurts. And so I, I, I have to set that stage because to say, <laughs> like, uh, to say, bro, you, you do porta potties, you do liquid waste. Like, how did you get in the business and be able to sit here in front of us and say, I, Russell Shepard, and I know I'm good enough and I'm okay what I do. Because of blank, 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 blank. Like I said, I, I got to witness some, my people grow up. My mom, she, she, she had me, she was 17. My dad was 20, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I was very aware and open to the, to the thing. And like I said, you, as a parent, you got to be very cautious of, of what your day-to-day actions and what your, your routine is because your, your children will unconsciously take that upon them. Yeah. So again... Fast forward, when I, I watched my dad take care of his family, he he was dealing with shit that people didn't want to deal with. He was he was in dump trucks. He was, you know what I'm saying, trash. So, and, and it was bringing, it, he, he was coming home with a pocket full of money. Mm-hmm. And I, as a kid, I was like, damn, like, you know, okay, this is how my dad, this is how he was taking care of his family. And like I say, so I was, I was never too big. I wasn't thinking about flashy cars. I wasn't thinking about, you know, the typical kid when you grow up in, in the household, especially a minority, you're going to have a, 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 the house is going to be more so under $200,000, but the car is going to be closer to $100,000. In, in, a, in the, the real world, the financial, the, the, the right way, it's not supposed to be like that when you're trying to come up and do certain things for family. So watching my people and them success. And again, my dad was a good thing, but my mom, my mom worked in corporate America for 20 plus years. She was in HR. My mom was in, in, in medical practices, you know, billion dollar corporate company. So my mom, you know what I'm saying? And she didn't go to college. She was just very witty, very good with the mouthpiece. And she was just very sharp. She was a good sponge, a research person. So my dad was putting us in sports and shit, but my mom was putting me in like um, nonprofit, um, like on committees for children and in business classes. And she was p- taking me to the, the nicer parts of Houston and putting, the, putting me in certain things. And she was taking me from the hood. And my mom always, every morning, I never went to school in the hood, Smitty. Never. My mom took her wherever we was at, she was going to wake up. We was waking up at 4.45. And taking me up at 5 o'clock. And taking me to the burbs. And wow. she wasn't taking me to all white schools. She was taking me to schools that were very mixed. 
She wanted me to have a real life experience. You know what I'm saying? She wanted me to be able to communicate with different people. So, you know, like I said, when I got to college, as you know, when you get to college, most of us are shell-shocked because we've never been around these type of people. I was in Utah, so, so yeah. I, I ain't never. <laughs> so, you, so you're not going to maximize, you're going to maximize the field aspect, the football aspect of it, because that's who you are. But what we like to maximize in college is the networking. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest, that's way bigger than the, the football. Yeah. And so when I got to college, I was talking to everybody. I was talking to the white kids, the the the, the athletic, the, the the professors, the the business people, the people like the alumni. I was talking to everybody. So you know, like I said, I was already sharpening those things. So I just knew I just had to get to the money. So you know, like I said, when I, I when they told me, look, man, you don't have that much film. We don't know really what position you want to play. You just, but you can still make a living by going out here and just knocking somebody head loose and running. <laughs> Special teams, I was like, man, shit, this, this, with my athletic ability, my mindset, you know, I was like, I can do this. So I was able to build a career off of that, man. And then um, from building that career over a seven-year period, man, I started like two, I've started three companies. I've started, that's the thing, you got to start. So I started the trucking company. I did well with that. I got up to about five trucks. You know, but throughout that process, I realized this wasn't the, the way I wanted to provide and take care of the family. I knew there was better ways. You know, it was, it's a lot of overhead with those trucks. You deal with a lot of wear and tear. So, you know, once I, I, I collected my return on my investment, you know, um, my fourth year, I gave, I had a career year. You know, Vincent Jackson, rest in peace to the homie. He got hurt and um, I was able to, you know, the thing is with special teams, you're going to make the team. And then I just lacked the reps. So throughout my four years, I was on, I was a scout guy. I was the Steve Smith. I was the this person. I was that receiver. So over a four-year career, I developed as a receiver. My it was catching up to my athletic ability. So when Vincent Jackson tore his his ACL his last year, nobody it was Mike Evans and nobody else. Cecil Shorts had a career in the injury. Lewis mm-hmm. Murphy got hurt. I was the next man up. So I played opposite of Mike Evans from week eight to week 16. I was able to, off 23 catches and um, 310 yards, man, I was able to gain a lot of interest from the offseason. And I knew I was going to make some type of money going into that next year. So I gave the trucking company to my mom and dad as kind of like a a gift, man. I was like, just thank y'all for everything. And um, they just inherited the trucking company. And, you know, they, they, that's how they took care of themselves. Um, throughout my career until they sold the company and became partners with me in my last venture, which is the waste management company. But but like I said, I've done a lot of things, man. I invest. We have the same financial guy, bro. I ask a thousand questions. I, 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 I invested in things from a wheels up deal. Hey, 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 hey. (laughs) He's saying, don't, don't, don't give out all the secrets. Hey, hey. Listen, I like, listen, I like, I like all the, you know, these my guys, but a lot of people think I'm dumb and ignorant, man. I want to keep that no, persona. I like, no, I like yeah. people. Matter of fact, I'm matter of fact, matter of fact, hold on, hold on. No, 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 hold on. Let me say this real quick, because look, I will say, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I've accomplished like a lot in my young life, and you know, I'm proud of that. But I've gone out and I've done the research. But when I say um, Smitty has one of the best portfolios 
that uh, that is out there hey. right now. Hey. Um, I would I would say so. I said I ain't I ain't gonna put too much on it. I ain't gonna say it all, but when I I will say he has one of he has one of the best portfolios I've seen um, from any NFL or professional athlete. Uh, Russell, there was something you posted on Instagram, your Instagram at Russell Shepard 19 a few weeks ago that I, that I want both of you guys to talk about it and kind of dismantle because everyone has this preconceived notion that when you walk into the NFL, that you're automatically loaded, that every that that all your worries are cast aside. So you wrote this post and it said rookies playing on the minimum. The minimum salary is six hundred and ten thousand dollars. After that, they're taxed 40 percent which leaves $244,000. The remaining uh, amount is $366,000, which doesn't include agent fees, union dues, 401k contributions, living expenses, et cetera. And so you wrote on this, uh, you at 21 would have thought of a million dollars lasting you a lifetime. But after spending almost a decade in professional sports, I quickly realized if the individual lacks proper knowledge and the right resources, that money could be gone in months. Take time to end Educate yourself so we can start investing properly and owning shit. For the two of y'all, because you guys have so much of this financial prowess, kind of dismantle, because when I read this, it, it it brings it to life. But dismantling that notion of, oh, you made an NFL, you got buku money, you got money coming out, like dismantle that for our listeners. Well, agent fees are 3%. Mm -hmm. uh, 401k, back when I was playing 401k my first year, it was only like four or $5,000. <clears throat> Now it's up to $22,000 and it's all still, <laughs> a, you can elect to take your, for, to, to opt in or opt out of 401k. The union dues are around $10,000. You have the opportunity to opt in or opt out. Um, 3% is your 3% of your agent fee is the amount that he negotiated, not, mm -hmm. ta not a, what's that gross? Yeah, not gross. It's before taxes. So if, it's not what you bring home. So yeah. if you if he gives you a million dollars a year, that is three percent of a million dollars, which mm -hmm. is thirty thousand dollars. Not the, you know, Russell because he lives in in, in Houston is forty percent, but for a regular folk, forty seven point five percent, right? So if you get a million dollars, it's around for me, it was about 425000 You take 30000 so that leaves me with about $394,000. And then if I do, then they divide it up into, uh, they divide it up into uh, seven, you know, it used to be 16 weeks, now 17 weeks. So that's equal up to about twenty. $30,000 a check and you only get it really yep. for the full 17 weeks. So you have mm -hmm. to, you have to manage the other. So 17 weeks, six months, you got to manage the other six months of mm -hmm. the year. Um, you know, it is one of the things that, you know, because people see us as uh, we get paid a King's ransom to play a child's game. People don't really want to, people don't care and hear your financial issues, mm -hmm. right? Once you give that check back and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, a football player is no different than any other corporation, which you have people that blow their money in mm -hmm. organizations and corporate, corporate America every single day. You got CEOs who live in paycheck to paycheck, mm -hmm. just like you have football players living paycheck to paycheck, right? Um, so it is a very much a business in which 
you can enjoy the business, but if you one don't have a good understanding of money and also have some good people around you and you yeah. also are teachable and you yeah. desire the, you desire to be, uh, uh, desire to learn. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Russell, I'm pretty sure Russell, cause we weren't on in, we weren't in Carolina together. Russell got introduced to DC through Stewie, Jonathan Stewart, but Stewie was my teammate and I worked on Stewie for about six or seven years before I left. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, and so like you're saying is I, I've mistakenly and intentionally at times, I like the people to think that I'm dumb, that I don't know exactly what's going on, that I that I'm don't have <clears throat> money. And I and even me doing TV, people think, well, he must be broke. It's really I'm 42 years old. I just don't have anything else to do. I just can't sit at home and, <laughs> right, and right, right, you know, right. sit at home and play <laughs> video games and and order Amazon out the wazoo. You know, I got to do something. And I just like talking ball. It keeps my wheels spinning, keeps the hamster going. That's it, you know. And I think Russell, his 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 post says it all. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I would say the way he explained it, it, it would be like when you order something through fast food. When you order, you go out to fast food and you say, hey, this is what I want. You tell them what you want. The only thing they ask is, do you want, you know, if you order a burger, they say, do you want pickles, onions? What do you want? Not one on it. And then they say, do you want a medium, large, small? That's it. And when you drive up to the front, magically, all of that stuff is whipped together and it's there in the bag you pay for. That is what the finished product of football is. However, there's someone that has... First of all, to start the day, there's someone that's gotten a truck and put that order together to drop off to that to that franchise. Mm-hmm. Then there's they have to have a license to drive, a CDL license to drive that. Then they drop it off and somebody puts it in the order. Somebody unloads it. Then somebody cooks it. And there's such a long process to it. But what you see from these players on Sunday and also what you see from these players financially is there's a lot that goes into it that is you don't see how the sausage is made all the time. You just see the finished product. Yep. And yeah. sometimes the finished product is is not even close to really presenting how much hard work. Yeah, what the journey was. What the journey was. And also how many other people have been included in getting that process, mm-hmm. whether it's coaches, yep. whether it's good coaches, bad coaches, whatever the case may be. And so I just think he summarized it well is a million dollars. If you gave, you know, and that's how my financial journey started. They asked me, someone asked me if I gave you a million dollars, could you live off of it for the rest of your life? Man, we did a quick summarization. And I realized very quickly, I'm screwed. I cannot. How quickly that dwindles. You know, he was like, are you going to buy your house? Bang. Man, by the time we was done after that million dollars, we didn't even do taxes. We just did buying a house, buying a car. Paying for taxes, bro. After a after a year, after buying all the stuff I need, I think I had like fifty thousand or seventy five thousand dollars left because I bought a house. Yeah, I bought Ooh. two cars. That's gonna be that's gonna be tough, right? And he and it was <laughs> like wow. And that just kind of showed me, and man, this mirage of being flashy, mm-hmm. right? And and I say this jokingly. Man, I've been on Nike. I've been on the Nike app 
you know, since I'm no longer and I and I actually negotiated my Under Armour deal to where I had Under Armour like at least what two or three years. I think it was two years till I was done playing. And I was still getting Nike stuff, right? <laughs> I had a hundred thousand dollars of expenses that I could order with, uh, with Under Armour. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Under Armour. And bro, I used to order Under Armour. Like I would order Under. I st- my all my ski stuff right now in my attic <laughs> is Under Armour. That stuff I ordered back Under when Armour. I was with Under mm-hmm. Armour, when I was with the Ravens. Yeah. Right, it's stuff still in there with tags. Thank goodness I ain't got that big. I can still fit it. <laughs> right, and so my point is that there's so much that goes into it, and you just don't realize what it is. Yeah, you don't realize how much it is, what it takes. And man, Russell, you're a prime example of utilizing the knowledge and the people around you to get there. Cut to it, cut to it. Let's get down to it. Hey, Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing? Oh, yes. I got it from CutToItPodcast.com, where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But yeah, you can go on, buy you a T-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there... Keep going, because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. How has playing in the NFL and playing at the highest level helped you become a good businessman? But also harmed you to your detriment as a businessman because of your ability to think ahead, to see, as we say, ball don't lie. You can always see, eye in the sky never lies. You can mm-hmm. always see that that 10,000 foot advantage. How has playing in the NFL helped you and hurt you in business, especially when it requires making adjustments? You know, it, life and in sports, they they very they go hand in hand. So you know, being able to to play at that high level, you know, um, it, it has 
you know, it, I, I have a motor that most people don't have. You know, um, I'm up every day at four o'clock. Today I woke up at three forty-five. Oh, you, you beat me! I was at five. I, I was up at five forty-seven. Five forty-seven. That's yeah. exactly, exactly. So you're early rise. So you know, like I said, it's helped me because you know my journey has been my kind of my journey in the business world because you know. I went from being in five-star hotels every week, traveling to the best stadiums, having on the best gear to, you know, now I'm building, I'm in a shit truck. We transport liquid waste. You know, we're shell boys, waste management, and uh, we're, we're transporters and storage, and storage and collectors of liquid waste of all kinds, whether it's human waste, it can be grease, it can be septic. Um, you know, we also, too, rental providers of portable toilets, hand wash stations, holding tanks, on water tanks. Uh, we deal with, um, we have restroom trailers, the big fancy restroom trailers. Ooh, at, 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 some of the wheel, so, at some of the wheels up events, huh? 100%, 100%, 100%. So like I said, we do a little bit of everything, man. Uh, we, we, we're growing. We're the fastest growing waste startup in the city of Houston. So I say all that to say is that we're growing fast. And in the waste industry, you always have to be able to adapt because you run into problems, unique problems every day. Mm. And it's no different if you're in solid waste and you're doing residential, residential trash pickup at people's homes or you're dealing with porta potties or, or RV traders like we do. So, you know, being able to adapt and being able to hum humble myself to get in these trucks, to get out on these, in these streets and to do whatever it takes to learn the business. Because again, I'm not a guy who comes from a waste, a waste industry or a waste family, you know, so me and my family had to get in and we had to learn. We had to be empl employee operate as they call owner operators so we can grow and so we can really learn because I won't be able to, to best lead my, my team, best lead the people that depend on this if I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. So, you know, when I, you know, when I got to NFL, you know, if I was always a leader, you know, I'm a leader. I, that, that's probably you know, a lot of guys. They survive off different things in the NFL. You know, you know, once you the own the physical aspect, I didn't have the measurements, the unique speed, the rare ball skills. So my my leadership ability, being able to get in the locker room. That was very important. That went hand in hand with my physical skill set. So, you know, um, being able to humble myself and play special teams, it was no different than me being able to get in a porta potty truck and learn how to suck out an RV trailer after getting splashed, Ooh. you know, a few times. Because exactly, I'm dealing with ports now. I'm not dealing with footballs. I'm dealing with, you know, uh, I'll give you an example real quick, and I'm going to talk your head off. So, for example, to answer your, the short phrase to answer your question, the ice storm hit in Houston. The ice storm is unique. We don't get cold weather like that. It was mm. seven degrees everywhere in the state of Texas. Everybody pipes burst. Mm. So nobody could use the bathroom. Nobody had any. So portable toilets companies became very important, you know, portable toilets in general. So, you know, if I had enough equipment and um, just for, you know, February 7th, I believe a million dollars in that one day because of the volume of calls we got from the pipes that were burst and everything. So, you know, when I got to the yard and we get into the yard to prep the trucks and be able to go out and make these emergency deliveries and ASAP deliveries um, for whatever, whether it's a hand wash station, we deliver 50 hand wash stations to corporate HEB because they need a hand wash station for all their employees. We delivered 60 portable toilets to an Exxon plant because they needed for just one sector of their department. So when I got to the yard so we could make these deliveries and we had numerous other, the truck, the water was frozen in the tanks. And then the water was frozen underneath the ground. So we had to, we can't do nothing in our industry if we don't have water. 
we transport over, you know, probably 2,000 gallons of water a week, you know what I'm saying? And that's how important. So when I got to the yard, I had to figure out how in the fuck am I going to get some water so we can deliver these deliveries, we can make this money, and we can help the people. People that wash cars, they people that wash cars. I had just to find guys in the city that had car, mobile car washing things, and they had their tanks full of water, and they're in plastic. You know, saying they're in a certain thing where they don't freeze, and some people have them indoors. So I was able to collect enough water from guys to have mobile car washes, wow. and um, I was able to to, to put in a, in a tank, one of our water tanks, and get to where it needs to go. Man, that so that's goes- a guy. That's one story. And we deal with stuff, you know, we have, you know, we do, in our industry, we do well when times are good. We do well when times are, are, are bad. Like when I say bad, we have hurricanes, we have catastrophic things, we have spikes, you know, because people need, you know, these things for emergency use. So we always have to be able to adapt in ways, especially, you know, when you're dealing on the portable toilet side. Like Steve said, in the league, man, you got to learn how to survive. And like I said, everybody has a unique skill set and, and it's up to you to, to get the most out of that skill set. So, you know, it's no different in business. More of us would be great business owners if we were exposed to it. But a lot of us aren't exposed to it. And um, I wasn't in the locker room talking about Instagram. So I was talking about investment deals. I was talking about ideas. So, you know, if, if we don't get it at home with our parents, because a lot of our parents work for people and they don't even know, yeah, we have, have to doing. change the narrative in the locker rooms and talk about it in the locker rooms. And we'll, we can teach each other. We teach each other how to play ball and how to do other shit. We can teach each other how, how business. What were some of the hiccups you encountered in the business world that you were unprepared for? When I started my business, I was 29. I had no work experience. I had no, really no credit. No, no, because I was, I paid my house off. I did the things that you said. I, I secured my family's future from a, a, at least. So if I come out with these crazy ideas, like at least our house is paid off for, I can go be a janitor to take. So, you know, with me is when I went to, to, to start this business, to get in the waste industry is kind of capital intensive. So nobody would give me any lines of credit, any money, anything to, to start the business. Hmm. I had to um, figure out a creative way and I talked to DC and a few other people and I had to pretty much threaten uh, Chase that I'm gonna take my money out and start a business. And um, in, in, in the midst of me doing that, um, they gave me a, a line of credit to start my business. I'm gonna reword it for you. <laughs> you had to Leverage to strongly suggest. Right. No, no, leverage. <laughs> leverage, like leverage. leverage. Yeah. You had to leverage. We didn't want to say that word. We didn't want to say that word. We didn't want to say that word. <laughs> you had to leverage the right. current capital you already had right. in the bank right. and tell them that I'm going to take this money out. You see, I'm good enough to hold my money in here, but it's right, not but good enough right. to utilize this amount of money to be a guarantor of to give me a line of credit to do it. And so you had to leverage going to another bank for them to take a shot on you. And we're obviously not talking about four or $500. You're not talking about like $20,000. You're talking about potentially six, six digits, a million dollars, a million. So you had to negotiate with them and leverage. I will take my million dollars out. Because I want to start a company. Can y'all at least give me 10% of my million dollars to start a business? And that was that's what it took for that to happen. And I'm not putting words in your mouth, and I don't know the answer. So I'm going to ask. 
Why do you believe you had to go to such extreme measures to to get the, to push them to 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 get them to really see that you were serious for them to give you a line of credit on a million dollars? Because I would imagine a million. It wasn't like you were asking, "I'm gonna go buy lottery tickets." <laughs> You were telling them what you wanted to do, and you had to leverage what you currently had in there for them to give you that. What do, what do you believe that was? Everybody, every aspect of how everybody provides and lives, and it's, it's, it's a business. So, you know, my financial guide that I was appointed through Chase, um, and I never had a private financial guy. I was, I just, Chase gave me a financial guy like they give everybody else who has money in the investment account. So the guy who was having my money, you know, he obviously didn't want me to take my money out because um, it messed up his, it messed up fees, his house, the fees, yeah. the fees, it messes with his, his business. So, you know, he, he, it's his job to do whatever it, it, it it takes to keep as much money in the investment accounts because that's how these, it's part of their business, part of their structure, how they win. So like I said, when I was figuring these things out by asking questions and talking to people, I was like, well, shit, you know, the bank won't give me no money. You know, the waste industry is unique, especially for an urban black kid who's been playing football his whole life. So nobody really even seen, they was like, okay, well, that's too big of a risk for us just to give you the money for you to do that, you know what I'm saying? You are, you need to go work for intern. You I haven't even interned. I didn't have no experience. All I just had was my wife worked for a, a, a guy and he started a business in 2009 when I went off to high school. And everybody was coming at me in high school because they didn't know if I was going to be the next Vince Young or who, Percy Arvin, whatever. And I always just remember John because John took his 401k and John started a, a, a waste company. And his wife and everybody thought he was crazy. At this point in 2009, he was executive at a big trash company. He was doing well. And he's seen a way where he can start a company in 2009. You fast forward to 2020, he owns one of the fastest growing companies in the country. Um, he does about $30 million in annual revenue. He has over 150 employees and he owns a third party waste company. And what John does is John calls every portable toilet company, every dumpster company in the country and says, hey, let me sell your stuff for you. And I, I'll sell your stuff for your regular price. It wastes such a big need. People will pay 30% over normal pricing to, to just get the shit out of their way because it's nasty, it's, it's causing, causing problems. So he started Zeters and it's a third party waste company and he sells people's portable toilets, fencing dumpsters all over the country. So when I got burnt out, I was getting burnt out towards my second year in, Carol in, in, in the Giants in 2019. I reached out to John and said, John, give me some ideas. Which, which I know you're doing well in the waste industry. What do you think I can do with little to noise and with just hard work and dedication and being a sponge? He said, start a, way, a portable, portable poppy company. And that's why I got the idea to start the company. What John did for me, John says, okay, I use about 45, I use about 4,500 companies nationwide, and I use about six companies in Houston. And he says, what I'll do for you is if you go buy brand new stuff and you hire right and you do right, I'll, instead of using all those six companies, I'll use them. I'll push everything through you. And I went and I felt I, I mean, I was I was going crazy trying to figure out where to get this money to buy all this. I was like, shit, do I spend all my money? Or I, I know I don't need to spent all my money so I was just figuring out asking people got the money bought the equipment and man first month man 
it was in August. And this point, the Ravens called me. The Ravens wanted me to come work out. Me and Des Bryant, you know, come work out. And this is the first month we was open. It took me about seven months to get it all open and everything and the permits and all the stuff. And um, the first month I made like set like $7,000. And I was like, I seen it. My overhead to that point was probably like $8,000, you know what I'm saying, to run the company. You know, we was really low at that point. And I just seen, I like that. I'm dead enough cover my overhead in the first month. Mm. And then John Company, he came and seen my equipment. And he he started pushing me. The second month, I made 15. Mm. Third month, I made 25. Fourth month, I was down there at 40. Mm. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And like, it was just growing. And like, and then I, I started learning how to sell my stuff. Outside of John's third party, I started using my LSU connections, my that shields you're talking about. Mm. I start going in, inside these big companies, and I start and I was driving too, and I was learning the industry to talk the lingo. And man, I was just it just organically was coming together. Wow! And you know, like I said, man, fast forward, we've been open a little bit over a year. We got fast growing. We started up in the state of Texas, and uh, we're growing good, man. We got a staff of about uh, we have ten people. Um, right now and it's good people man people that need the opportunity they want it they can mm-hmm. work hard and we're going to continue to grow man over the next four or five years we we should have mm-hmm. you know we should employ close to you know 30 40 people you know what i'm saying and we're wow. growing that fast so you know i'm excited about what we're doing man this is this, this really good congratulations yeah congratulations I've, I've, obviously your last year in with the giants you had dave gettleman so you was dealing with bullshit already <laughs> huh. And then, I, I knew know. that shit was coming. I did it. Hey, da- hey, look, Dave paid me. So look, Dave, Dave is a Dave is an old school Boston cat, as you know. And you know, I can say this now that I'm you know, I'm, I'm retired. And, you know, I got a lot of respect for that. Me and Dave still talk to this day. Russell, you're a, you're a husband, you're a father, you're an NFL alumni, you're an investor, entrepreneur. Which of those things did you always know you would be? A good father, man. I mean, my dad before anything, he was. Pops was was he was the best man in my wedding. You know what I'm saying? My out of all my homies, all my 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 cousins. That's cool. You know, not having the father in the life affected a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? And and not having the mother. You know what I'm saying? My mom is my mom is my my mom will run my company. You know, she is my CFO. She she has you when you call and you want to talk big business. You know, you talking to her. You ain't talking to me. I just make sure the company is going in the right direction and I determine, you know, what goes and what stays. But like I said, I got some good people, you know what I'm saying? So just being a good parent was off the rip. I had to do that. And I was going to do whatever it takes. You know, if I had to go, you know, be a trash man, if I had to, 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 to go be a coach and I had coaches and teams reaching out to me when I was, before I was done playing, say, Hey, come be a scout, come be a coach. You know what I'm saying? So I, I had a lot of options and I was willing to do whatever so I could provide. Mm. But um, I think to answer your question to him is to be the best parent I could possibly be. Appreciate your time, brother, man. Looking forward to Appreciate you. looking forward to your, uh, hearing more of your story, bro. Hey, sucks. <laughs> you are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent. And most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr. That is me. Is a production of Cut To It LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, 
and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, social media team Wesley Robinson and John Show. From Balto Creative Media, Cut To It is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter with production assistance by Alex Labreck, production coordinator Taylor Robinson. Theme music by Alex Johnson, lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.